You know, we love our volunteers, we love our leaders here and we could not do what we do here at Everyday Church without our volunteers. So I want you to give our volunteers a hand uh, because they deserve a hand. So thank you uh, so much. Um, I woke up one morning many years ago with this phrase and the phrase was this, that strong women fight in the spirit and not in the flesh. Strong women fight in the spirit and not in the flesh. And you can translate that to being a man as well. And for me, I knew at the time that it was a call to go deeper in prayer. I knew that. You know when God says something or you wake up with something or he speaks to you? And I knew that he was calling me deeper in prayer. Now, at the time, I was working for Adult and Teen Challenge, um, which is a Christian drug and alcohol rehabilitation centre, as Jacob said. And so from that, basically, we launched... um, what we called Grace Fellowship prayer meetings. And so we would meet once a month um, on a Saturday morning and we would gather with other believers and we began to pray for the drug addicts of this city. And we began to pray for their families. We began to pray for the city of Perth. We began to pray for communities affected. We began to pray for... um, the nation basically so we prayed for these drug addicts and 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 we began to intercede we began to stand in the gap for those that desperately needed Jesus because these people desperately need Jesus because he's the their only answer right and and we began to 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 pray for those that desperately needed to be set free desperately needed to be set free we began to pray for those that desperately needed God's grace and mercy and so we would meet once a month just from this simple phrase you know strong women uh, fight in the spirit and not in the flesh and as I transitioned from being on staff with Adult and Teen Challenge to becoming a pastor um, of a church I realized whether a drug addict or not whether you're the most down and out person ever or whether you're the most successful person ever or anyone in between There are so many people that desperately need Jesus. There are so many people that desperately need to be set free. There are so many people that desperately need his mercy and his grace. And he has called us as believers to stand in the gap. He has called us as believers to intercede. He has called us as believers to pray like Jesus. He has called us as believers to stand on the promises of God like Jesus did, to learn what it is to have an intimate relationship with our Heavenly Father just like Jesus, to seek and save the lost like Jesus, to learn what it is, not my will but your will be done. Not my will but your will be done just like Jesus. And to know that he has given us If you're a believer in the room this morning, if you're not, we'll give you an opportunity very shortly. It's a pretty awesome journey to be on, I'll tell you that much. Never looked back. Plenty of people in this room to testify. Amen. There's believers in the house. Amen. Amen. He has given us the authority on this earth to do this. However, we have to learn to pray like Jesus prayed. We have to open up our mouths and release the power that Jesus Christ died to give us the power that Jesus Christ died to give us. On Vision Sunday uh, last month, I shared a word over our church. If you missed it, 
uh, jump on our website, February 19th, Vision Sunday. I shared a word over our church that this year would be a year of expectation. Believing and expanding and, and, and having hearts of expectation. Um, and so I shared about the prophet Elijah and how Elijah was expectant that it would rain after three and a half years of seeing no rain because God had said so. And so God had said to Elijah, present yourself before Ahab the king, present yourself before Ahab the king and it will rain. And so Elijah was obedient. If you remember the story that I shared or if you've read your Bible in that section, uh, they had um, Elijah Elijah presented himself before King Ahab and they had this big battle on Mount Carmel and, 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 and King Ahab was calling out to his gods and his gods uh, didn't answer and Elijah was teasing him. And anyway, um, our God, who was Elijah's God, our God obviously won the battle because our God's awesome, right? Amen. And uh, however, it didn't just rain. As soon as the battle was won, it didn't just rain, right? It didn't just rain right then and there. Elijah still had a part to play. Elijah still had a part to play even though God had promised it, okay? Even though God had promised it, Elijah still had a part to play. 1 Kings 18.42 says this, So Ahab went off to eat and drink, but Elijah climbed to the top of Carmel, bent down to the ground and put his face between his knees. I wonder if there's a message right there for some of us as we're heading into our 10 days of prayer and fasting. One goes off to eat and drink and one goes off to pray. I'll leave that with you just for a moment. But anyway, this is the stance that Elijah took before God as he prayed for rain on his knees, his head bowed. And seven times he sent his servant to check, go check if there's any rain. Seven times he sent his servant And six times the servant came back and said, no, there's nothing. There's no rain. Elijah persevered in prayer, didn't he? He persevered in prayer. Even though God had promised the rain, Elijah had to persevere in prayer. He persevered in prayer. And eventually on the seventh time, the servant came back with a report. I can see a cloud as small as a man's hand or a woman's hand rising from the sea. Rain is on its way. And that was enough for Elijah. His job is done. He gets up and takes off and he boots it towards the city. He just runs towards the city. Job done. But he had a part to play. It wasn't just because God had promised it. It wasn't just because God had said so. He had to persevere in prayer. Six times he saw nothing, but yet he continued. You know, God has given us promises in the Bible. However, he calls us to release it through prayer. He has given us the authority and the power. However, he needs us again to release it through prayer. This perseverance in prayer is spoken about by Jesus Christ himself in the New Testament. So we read about it in Luke chapter 11 verse 6. It says this, Then Jesus said to them, Suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, Friend, lend me three loaves of bread. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, Don't bother me. The door is already locked and my children are in bed and I can't get up and give you anything. 
I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you the bread because of friendship, yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much as you need. So I say to you, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks find and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. One story from Jesus, another story from Jesus in Luke chapter 18 verse 1. Then Jesus told his disciples a parable to show them that they should always pray and not give up. He said, in a certain town there was a judge who neither feared God nor cared what people thought. And there was a widow in that town who kept coming to him with the plea, grant me justice against my adversary. For some time he refused But finally he said to himself, even though I don't fear God or care what people think, because this widow keeps bothering me, I will see that she gets justice so that she won't eventually come and attack me. It's a little bit funny, isn't it? (laughs) And the Lord said, listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he keep putting them off? I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? We just read words like shameless audacity. Don't you love that? Shameless audacity. Ask, seek, knock. Ask, seek, knock. Crying out day and night. The question is, is do these words describe us in prayer? Do these words describe us in prayer? I know my answer. I'm not telling you. (laughs) What's your answer? And if it's not, and we wonder why our lives are stagnant, we wonder why things aren't happening, we wonder why God isn't answering our prayers, we wonder why he's not moving in my life as much as he's moving in the person's life next to me. Why, God, oh, why? Why? Do these words describe me? Do these words describe you? Shameless audacity, crying out day and night, ask, seek, knock. Do we persevere as Elijah perseveres? You know, myself and Jacob uh, went to a prayer seminar um, last weekend Uh, with a lady called Debbie Prescott. She was awesome. She's from the Gold Coast. Um, It was at Encounter City Church with um, pastors um, Tracy and Phil McCourt. Uh, Amazing pastors, amazing people doing incredible work in Gerawane. And and so so it was brilliant. But she put a thought to me um, or to us that I'd never thought about before. And um, she said this. She said, when Adam and Eve were walking, were in the Garden of Eden before the fall, and they're walking and talking with God, which is prayer, right? That's just prayer, walking and talking with God. She said they actually didn't have any needs because everything was perfect, right? I mean, Adam, Adam, did, there was a need for Adam, right? And then Eve came along. But once Eve came, there were actually no needs because everything was perfect. So they had no needs really to bring to God. So their whole prayer time was all about what? relationship relationship 
It was all about intimacy. It was all about getting to know their Heavenly Father relationship. And I'd never thought about that before and I just loved what just that thought, thinking about that. Pastor jo- Jacob, Jacob, <laughs> Jacob, Pastor Jacob, <laughs> sometimes, no, Pastor Jacob, he spoke last week about God um, being our friend. He calls us friends. He calls us friends and prayer first and foremost must be about relationship. It must be about intimacy. It must be about honesty and transparency. It has to be. It has to start there like it started there in the Garden of Eden. It has to. If we aren't getting real with God, then we have a problem. We have a problem, Houston, if we're not getting real with God. God wants us to pour out our hearts to him. God wants us to pour out our complaints to him. He wants to hear it all. He wants us to be real with him. You know, just like we seek real, genuine relationships in life. You know, we want our friends, we want our people to be real, to be genuine, to be honest, to share. God wants that. And it first has to start with him, like it started in the Garden of Eden. That's what Adam and Eve had. And that's what God wants with you. Amen? That's what he wants you to have with other people. Real, honest relationships. That's what he had with the psalmist David, didn't he? What did they say about David in the Bible? That he was a man after God's own heart, didn't he? And just read the Psalms. (laughs) Read the Psalms. David just poured out his heart. That was his prayer. He poured out his heart. And so when it comes to prayer... Intimacy is key. It has to be. The greater the intimacy, the greater the authority. The greater the intimacy, the greater the authority. Jesus modelled this for us. Uh, Jesus knew his father. He knew his father. And because of this, he prayed with great authority because he knew his father. And so it has to start there. One of Jesus' disciples, don't you love his disciples? I love reading about them because they make me feel better. Don't you reckon? (laughs) They make you feel good. Anyway, Philip said, show us the Father. And Jesus' response was this. Don't you love Jesus as well? His answers are so funny. He also makes me feel good as well, right? Anyway, um, where's my notes? John chapter 14 Verse 9, so Philip said, show us the Father. And Jesus says this, don't you know me, Philip, even after I've been among you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I'm in the Father and that the Father is in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority. Think about that for a moment. Rather, it is the Father living in me who is doing his work. Believe me when I say that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe me on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing, get that, and they will do even greater things than these because I am going to the Father. These are the words of Jesus. 
Uh, and, what, and, and I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. You may ask me for anything in my name and I will do it. Jesus knew his Father. He knew him. His Father was in him and he was in the Father. The words of God were in him. He spoke the words of God. He said, they're not my words. I don't speak on my own authority. Jesus spoke the word of God. It's so important that when we're speaking, when we're praying, that we're speaking the words of God to pray like Jesus, to know the Bible, to read the Bible and to pray the words of Jesus, of, of the word. Because of this intimate relationship, Jesus was able to operate in such great authority. He was able to do great works. He was able to see amazing things, miracles, restoration, reconciliation, Read right through the New Testament and you saw the miracles that Jesus did while he walked this earth. But you think, well, he's God. No, he came as a man. He came as a man and he did those amazing things. And the scripture we just read says that we could operate in even greater works than Jesus Christ. That we can operate in even greater works. That Je- How? He tells us how through his name. What does that mean? It means essentially in his authority, in his authority. And so it's so important that we as believers understand the authority that we have. We have to understand the authority that we have. So God gave the earth to mankind. God gave the earth to mankind. He gave it to Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve messed it up. We know that, right? Because they sinned in the Garden of Eden. But because God is a man of his word and because he is so gracious and because he's so kind, he kept his word, right? So he sent his son Jesus to get back that authority for us. And so we know the story. We're about to celebrate it in a few weeks' time at Easter. So he sent his son Jesus as a man. Jesus dies on a cross, rose from the dead after a big battle in the spiritual realm with the devil, gets the keys, securing the victory. We're about to celebrate it in a few weeks' time on Easter Sunday. How awesome is that? So he won, the ultimate superhero. Forget about Marvel movies and DC movies that I'm subject to watch on Friday nights. (laughs) Forget about that. The ultimate superhero. What a legend. What a legend. So Jesus gets the authority back for us. So now we have the authority on this earth again through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ. So Jesus came and he's done everything. He's done everything he can do. He's done it all completely. Jesus himself knowing that he came to accomplish all he set out to accomplish, he himself said before he took his last breath, he's on the cross Before he takes his last breath, he said, it is finished. It is finished. So he's done his part. (laughs) He's done his bit. It's done. We talk about that a lot, don't we? It's not about religion, do, do, do. It's done. Done, 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 done. It is finished. And so now, now he's passed the baton on to us. He's passed the baton on to us. And he calls us to step up, step into that authority. The authority that he died to give us. The authority that he wrestled for. Can you imagine what he went through? 
He was actually separated for a moment. He was separated from his heavenly father as he took the sins of me and you upon him. Yeah, I couldn't even imagine that. But that's what he did to get that authority back for us. So he got it back for us. He secured the victory. He's given it to us. Now we have to take that authority and release it. And we release it through prayer. We release it through prayer. The question is, if you've ever had it, and I can tell you I've had this question, particularly when I first gave my heart to Jesus, why do we have to ask God things when he already can see and knows? He knows my needs. Why do I have to ask him to save my family? Why do I have to ask him to stop the suffering? Why do I have to ask him to set that person free or set me free in certain areas? He's got eyes. (laughs) He's all-powerful. The Bible says, doesn't it? It says he looks around and sees he's everywhere. Why on earth do I need to ask? Why? Because Jesus, this is the reason why, because Jesus has given us the authority. He has given us the authority and it is in the asking that releases the power. It is in the asking that releases the power. Jesus wants to partner with us to do something through us. He wants to partner with us to do something through us. And I really loved what Debbie Prescott said. She said this, we don't have to defeat a demon because that has already been done. We just need to enforce the victory. We don't have to defeat a demon because that has already been done. We just need to enforce the victory. So God wants to partner with us, but we have to open our mouths and release that power and begin to pray and stand on the word of God and connect and partner with him. So what does that mean practically for you? Practically, it means find a promise in the Bible that matches what you are believing for or asking for. That's what it means practically. And go for it. To pray like Jesus is to make sure you are praying God's will. It's so important that you're praying God's will. And you find that out through God's word. So if you don't have a Bible, go get one. I encourage you, go to Kurong or jump online, kurong.com.au. I help you text me, phone me, my email, phone number's everywhere. I'll answer, I promise. Um, go get, one, get one from, from Kurong because you've got to know this stuff. It's so, so important. So you find that out through God's... If you're believing for a family member, this is an example. If you're believing for a family member to get saved, the promise is in 2 Peter 3.9. The Lord doesn't want anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. So you know that God wants everyone to be saved. That's your promise. That's what you stand on. That's what you speak out. So that wayward kid or brother or husband or wife, never say never. (laughs) Never say never. And I know it's tempting sometimes because I have them in my life. Don't worry about that. But never say never because you're killing the promise. You hold the authority. The power is in your mouth. The power is inside of you. You need to release it. So find the promise and release it and hold on to it and speak it out. Persist. Persevere. Keep going. Remember Elijah. It's not just going to happen six times, seven times he sent his servant. You know, we at the moment, um, 
our church is growing at the moment. We need a few more leaders, growth group leaders, department leaders, kids leaders, etc., etc. And so I'm holding and praying according to this scripture, Matthew 9.38, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore to send out workers into his harvest field. There's no point whinging, complaining and, 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 and saying, you know, carrying on, but we have the power, we have the promise, we have the victory. Stand on that. If you're believing for healing, there's so many scriptures in the Bible for healing. So many. 1 Peter 2.24, by his wounds you have been healed. By his wounds you have been healed. Grab a hold of that. Speak it, release it. Pray it, stand on it because you have the authority and the power needs to be released through you because you have the authority. Know your Bible, read it, stand on it, pray it, speak it, persist, persevere, keep going. I encourage you. The question is, is what if God's will is not clear in the Bible? What if it's not clear? Some things are super clear and some things perhaps aren't. Then ask God to show you his will. Just ask him to show you his will. Ask him to clarify it. Lord, show me. Because you, want, you don't want to be praying your own will. You don't want to be doing that because you're going to live a pretty defeated life if you're, if you're doing that. And you don't want to be doing that. You know, one of Jesus' most heartbreaking prayers is, Father, if you could take this suffering from me, if you can take this suffering from me, but not my will, but your will be done. Not my will, but your will be done. And we know God couldn't take, we know God couldn't take the suffering from Jesus. We know Jesus had to go through it to save all of us. And praise God he did. And so sometimes if you're going through suffering, you don't know the bigger picture. You don't know the bigger picture. Maybe God's doing a work in and through. You don't know. But what you do know is that God's never going to leave you nor forsake you. You do know that he's holding your right hand. You do know that Jesus is your rock. You do know that you're going to get through it. You do know that he'll turn all things around for good. There's so many things that you do know through the suffering. Will he take the suffering? I do or do not know. But there's so many other things that you can stand on. To pray like Jesus is not my will, but your will be done. The team can come forward. Not my will, but your will be done. Submission is key. We love that word. Submission is key in learning to pray like Jesus. Obedience is key in learning to pray like Jesus. It has to be. There's no other two ways about it. It's as simple as that. Submission and obedience is key in learning to pray like Jesus. If you read through your Bible, you'll see that. Jesus was all about obedience. He was all about submitting to the Father. That was his heart. It was towards the Father. It wasn't about him. It was like, God, what do you want to do? My life is before you. I'm here. Let's go. My life is not my own anymore. My life is not my own anymore. You have a choice, but you don't really have a choice, if that makes sense. You have a choice, but you don't really have a choice. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves then to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. When Jesus left this earth, he told his disciples that he would send the Holy Spirit, and he was good on his promise. 
He said He will send the Holy Spirit and He was good on His promise. And so if you're a born-again believer, you have the Spirit, the Holy Spirit living inside of you. You have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. If you've been baptised in the Holy Spirit, you have a whole other level of power, right? If you've been baptised in the Holy Spirit, a whole other level of power. So if you've not been baptised in the Holy Spirit, we can pray for you this morning for that. If you've not been baptised in water, Pastor Jacob's doing a lesson straight after the service. So you want to um, take that next step. You can jump in on a lesson on that. But, but God calls us to release that power and start making things happen on this earth through prayer at the end of the day. And imagine if we all went one step deeper in our prayer life. Imagine that. Imagine if we all stepped up in prayer, whatever step that is for you, if we all took one step from this day forward, what that could look like. Because if the Bible says that we can do greater things than Jesus Christ and He's given us the authority and we have the Holy Spirit living inside of us, I mean, He set us up for success, don't you think? Like literally nothing more He could do. Seriously. We just need to open our mouths and begin to pray and release the power of God. We need to gather when there's prayer meetings, when there's 10 days of prayer and fasting. We need to, we need to engage and lean in and participate and begin to see this power of God work not in, only in our lives and our families' lives, but in our communities, in our church and in our workplaces and all around us. Imagine. I see fire. power of God. It's exciting. And so I encourage all of us to maybe make a commitment today. Not maybe, let's do it. Let's all go one step further, whatever that looks like for you today. One step further in our prayer life. It could mean maybe you don't have a Bible, go get one. Maybe you don't read your Bible, start reading it. Maybe you don't have, uh, you don't set time aside for prayer. Start doing that. Or even if you don't have any time, pray in the car or pray when you're exercising. There's no excuse, really. There's so many. I mean, God's made it. He's set us up for success. He has set us up for success. There's nothing more Jesus can do. There's no way that we could blame him and tell him off for what he's not doing. No way in this world could we do that. He set us up for success and we should enter in. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we just thank you for who you are, Father God. We love you. We thank you so much. We've just heard about how you came to this earth. You died on a cross. You took that pain, that sin upon you. And we say thank you again today. We thank you that you fought that fight, that you're the best superhero that there is. Better than Marvel and DC and all those other superheroes, the number one superhero, and we say thank you. I just pray and I said that I'd give people an opportunity uh, in the service or if you're online, if you've never uh, entered into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. The reason why I ended up working at Adult and Teen Challenge is because I needed to first go to Adult and Teen Challenge with a, uh, a drug problem, a, a drug and alcohol issue, and, 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 and the answer was Jesus. 
And I gave my heart to Jesus one day, 21st of, uh, 27th of February 2001, and never looked back since. And that could be you today. And it's a simple prayer. A simple prayer, just believing in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and putting your trust in Him and making Him Lord of your life. And you can do that today. And we're going to pray as a church this morning. And, and if that's what you want to do this morning, or perhaps you've been far from God and you want to make a recommitment this morning, and then you can pray this prayer as well. And so church, why don't you pray after me? If you're online as well, you can pray right where you are. God, I thank you that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me. I ask that you forgive my sins. I ask that you wash me clean. And today I choose to live for you. I make you the Lord and Saviour of my life. Not my will, but your will be done. In Jesus' name. With every head still bowed, if you prayed that prayer for the very first time this morning uh, or online, if you just uh, lift your hand up in the air just so I can see it. If you're online, if you'd like to comment, I see that hand down the back there. Amazing, fantastic decision. If there's anybody else, just one more moment. If you prayed that prayer for the very first time, I say congratulations. It's very courageous. If you're online, if you pop it in the comments, we'll be in touch. just going to pray for all of us right now. God, I just thank you for every single person in this house, Lord God. I thank you, Father God, for believers, that you've given us the authority, that you've given the authority to every single person in this place, that no one is disqualified, that every person that is a believer has the Holy Spirit. Some or most are baptised in the Holy Spirit that you've set each and every person up for success. And I pray that each of us would take that one step closer or one step further, one step deeper in our prayer life this morning. That we'd continue to learn to pray like Jesus prayed. And we thank you that you guide us and you teach us through your word. We thank you that we have an opportunity to come boldly to your throne because of Jesus Christ and present our needs and requests. But not only that, we get to have an intimate relationship with you. And that's where it has to start. We thank you that you care about all of us. All of us. We thank you for that, Lord. You created us out of relationship the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit for relationship. And that would never lose sight of that. It's not about what we can do, but it's who we are in you. We give you all glory and we give you all praise this morning. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Fantastic. Why don't you stand to your feet? We're going to worship or praise perhaps or whatever the team have this morning. The King in Jesus' name. Let's go, team. Praise Jesus.
And if you'd like to come forward for prayer, we would love to pray for you. If you want to be baptised in the Holy Spirit, let's do it. In Jesus' name.
Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for that word, Pastor Now. Thank you for just reminding us, encouraging us, and challenging us to pray like Jesus. Just making us aware of what's been made available. The power, the authority that we have. All in Jesus Christ. 